Hallelujah. Turn to Matthew chapter 1 this morning. Matthew chapter 1. He alone is worthy. And he is worthy. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. says, now the birth of Jesus Christ happened this way. After his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make a public example, had in mind to divorce her privately. But while he thought on these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For he who is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, can I say just as a note right there, says that he I think King James says that which, but MEV says he which is conceived in her, not it. <laughs> that matters today. It wasn't a something, it was a he. He that is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21. She will bear a son. And you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I think King James says he will save the world from their sins. Now all of this occurred to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophets, saying, A virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they, call, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which interpreted is God with us. Aren't you glad he's with us? Then Joseph, being awakened from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and remained with his wife and did not know her until she had given birth to their firstborn son and they called his name Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful name? Why don't you just say that name? Say the name, Jesus. Listen, there's salvation in that name, Jesus. There's power in that name, Jesus. There's authority in that name, Jesus. There's peace in that name, Jesus. There's comfort in that name, Jesus. It's a name that's been given that's above every name. Jesus. <laughs> and at that name, there's coming a time at that name, Jesus, that every knee is going to bow. 
in the earth, above the earth, beneath the earth. Every living creature created and created being is going to bow to the name above every name. Jesus. <laughs> what a name. This morning I want to speak to you for just the next few moments from verse 21. It says that she shall... Verse 21 says, She shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sin. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word, for the living word that became flesh, Lord, for the son that was given. Lord, and, the, and we anticipate today his return. Lord, help us today as we bring forth your word. Lord, help it to touch hearts, change hearts, change minds. Lord, I pray that your word is already anointed, that you would anoint the lips that deliver and the ears that hear to receive. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll call his name Jesus, and he will save the world from their sin. We touched on it Wednesday night. I want to talk about this Savior and what it means to be saved on this Sunday leading up to Christmas. I want you to read what the Scripture says and contemplate it just a moment. That He didn't come so we could have a holiday. He didn't come for red and green and for pretty lights and Christmas presents and family gatherings. Those are all good and those are all fine, but that's not why He came. He came to save the world from their sin. The more, the, the more revelation we have that we were in need of a Savior, that, that, that we were a lost people without Him, every single one of us. Every single one of us need a Savior today. What does it mean to need a Savior? I, I said it Wednesday night. You've heard me say it before. I want you to know something. He didn't save us from Sunday school. Say, what does that even mean? We get so casual about what he's done for it that we don't even realize the magnitude some days of what it means that he saved us. The world needed a Savior. I want you to know something this morning, a few things as we open, just in opening remarks, that he didn't come because the world needed another religion. He came because the world needed a Savior. He came for one reason, and that is that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's what the Word of God says. It says that He came with one purpose in mind, and that was to destroy the works of the devil. Think of that. We were a fallen race because of rebellion. In all of His mercy and His grace from the beginning, whenever man fell, God offered a way back. It says when Adam and Eve, it says that God killed an animal for them and made for them a, a clothing of skin. It was a lamb 
for the people, for a person, for a man. Then you turn the, over to the next of Moses writing and you find in the book of Exodus when they're in Egyptian bondage, which is a picture of the bondage of sin. Anytime you see Egypt in the Word of God, it is a picture, it is a type, it is a shadow of what it is to be in the bondage of sin. They had nothing. They were at the will of the Pharaoh. They were, they were enslaved. They were in captivity. They were there to do the work of the taskmaster. And I'm going to tell you that when you're in the bondage of sin, you are still enslaved to the taskmaster. And he is a hard taskmaster. He makes demand on you that he, that he will work you until he kills you. I want to tell you something else about what will work you until it kills you. Dead and dry religion will work you until it kills you. Because it's just a taskmaster. You find that when Adam and Eve fell that it was a, that it was a lamb for a man. <laughs> So then when you find whenever he's about to deliver the, the, the children of Israel out of the bondage of, of Egypt, and they, he established the Passover, he said, take a lamb for your household. The power of the blood is already expanding from a lamb for a man to a lamb for a household. So then you continue in the writings of Moses when Israel comes out and, they, and, they, and, and he begins to establish the, 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 the temple worship, the tabernacle in the wilderness. You come to a time when he establishes the great day of atonement and he says once a year you will kill a lamb for a nation, for the sin of a nation. And as you work your way through the Word of God, there's a lamb for a man, there's a lamb for a household, there's a lamb for a nation, and you go through the Old Covenant with a lamb for a nation, and then you, you turn and you begin to read whenever the, whenever the Word became flesh, and He was introduced by the great prophet John the Baptist as, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. What couldn't be done any other way? It was a lamb for a man, a lamb for a household, a lamb for a nation. What could, and it was, and, and, and when it was a lamb for a man and a lamb for a household and a lamb for a nation, it just covered sin. Never taken away, just rolled forward. Do you realize that they were saved the same way that you and I are? Under the old covenant, they were saved by faith in the blood of the one that was to come. But as long as it was a, as it was, it was, it was, a, it was a lamb or a turtle dove or a bull or a goat. As long as it was the blood of bulls and goats, it was just a covering. It was just a rolling forward. It was just, it was just to push back the penalty of sin. 
We even know that the Bible makes clear that all the old covenant saints were locked away in captivity. They were not in torment. They were not in danger. The enemy couldn't have any, have any strike at their eternity. That, that there was no torment in where they were at. They, it says they were locked away in Abraham's bosom. It says they were, that they were, when you look in, in the book of Luke, you begin to read an account that Jesus gave of a rich man and Lazarus. You remember? And it says that Lazarus was in great torment because he was in hell. And it says it was to the place of torment that it says that he would, that someone could just dip their finger in water and just touch his tongue to get some relief. But it says that the, he looked across and says there was a great gulf between him and the saints in Abraham's bosom. Locked. Locked, they were covered by the blood. The, ro the blood had rolled the penalty of sin, but they were still in the captivity because the price had not been paid. Do you understand? That's why the Word of God declares that after the cross, that after the resurrection, it says that before He ascended into heaven, He descended into the earth. And it says it clearly that it says Jesus Himself led captivity. He led the captives out. He led captivity captive. He set them free. See, because at that point, the price had been paid. It was no longer, it was no longer for the covering of sin. It said, behold the Lamb of God, somebody hear me, which takes away the sin of the world. For the first time ever, Sin had not only been covered, but it had been, but the price had been paid. When he was on the cross, and when he when he was stretched between heaven and earth, whenever whenever the weight and the penalty and the wrath of God had been put upon His only Son, when it was about to happen, when He was taking His last breath, one of the last things He said was, "It is finished." We know that the Bible declares that after he was resurrected and when he ascended, it said that he, was, that he is now what? He is now seated at the right hand of the Father. That's so important because we know that this, this Jesus, this one that takes away the sin of the world, he, he, was, he is our great high priest. It says not after the order of Levi, but after the order of Melchizedek, that we have a better priest, that we have a better, we have a better covenant today based on better promises, the book of Hebrews says. But see, under the, under the Levitical priesthood, when the, when the high priest took the sacrifice into the Holy of Holies, there were, that, that the, the work of the priesthood was never done, that the lamps had to be trimmed and burning every day, that there was a sacrifice made, that there was a morning sacrifice and an evening sacrifice every day. And once a year, there was an entrance into the home that was put, the morning and the evening was put on the brazen altar. In the, in the courtyard, but once a year, he went into the Holy of Holies, and there was no chair in the Holy of Holies. Why? Because there was no place to sit, because the work was never finished. But we have this high priest who passed through the heavenlies, the Bible says, who, that, 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 now that, the, that now he is seated. Why? Because it is finished. He said, you shall have a son, and you will call his name Jesus, and he will save the world from their sin. 
That's what we celebrate today, that he came the first time. And when he came the first time, it changed everything. We need to understand he saved us from something. You and me. And if he hasn't, he will. He's paid the price. What is this salvation? We talked about it at the end Sunday night or Wednesday night. We've got this idea that this salvation is a prayer that we pray. You may pray at your salvation to receive God. You probably certainly will. But salvation is not a prayer. Salvation is not a trip to the front. Salvation is not your name on, on, a, on a church roll. Salvation is not that you cried. What, is what does it even mean? It's not, the end of, it's, it's, it's not the end of your walk with God. It's the beginning. Salvation is not a one-time event. Salvation, I, I may initiate my salvation. I got saved. And I got news, I'm still on this earth, I'm being saved, <laughs> I'm presently saved, and as long as I live on this earth and my faith is in what Jesus has done for me, I got saved, I'm saved right now, and I'm going to tell you as long as I'm on earth and I'm walking with him, I'm being saved. See, salvation is a way of life. Salvation is not just a way of life, salvation is life. John declares, in him was life. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. It says, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. He is life. Salvation is life. John 10 and 10 declares that it's more than life. Because, see, there's a thief. There's a thief in this world that comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. Listen, as long as, you're, as long as you haven't accepted life, you are being killed even while you're alive. You're a dead man walking. You're being stolen from and you're being destroyed. That's the nature of the enemy and that is the fallen nature of man. We are literally dead men walking every day. The thief comes for one reason, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Make no, make no mistake, without a Savior, without salvation, it, you're, we're dead men walking. We're doomed. See, we didn't get saved from Sunday school. We got saved from eternal death. Never mind, but let's talk about something else because there's something wrong. Because everybody talks about salvation in terms of the sweet by and by. I don't have to go to hell. I'm thankful that, I, that salvation spares me from hell. That is, that is, that is, that's, that's an eternal loss without God that never ends. I, and that is important. I understand that. But salvation's not just about the sweet by and by. What we need to understand about salvation is so much more than where I spend eternity. That's the most important thing, no doubt about it. But let's not talk about the sweet by and by. Let's talk about the nasty now. See, salvation is not just about my future. Salvation is about my now. 
Somebody needs to understand it's not about religion. It's not about going to church. You get saved, you'll go to church. You get saved, you'll fellowship. You get saved, you'll, you'll, get, you'll develop a prayer life. You get saved. If you don't, you'll be a carnal Christian at best. And here's the, here's the thing. Do you know that you can be saved and carnal at the same time? There's a lot of church folks that don't know that. They think carnal means lost. They think carnal means that you're going to hell. That's not what carnal means. Carnal means you're fleshy. Carnal means you're driven by your mind, your will, and your emotions. It means you're, it, see, you are either led, listen to me, you're either led by the Spirit or you're driven by the flesh. Think about it. The flesh is compulsive. Fleshy things drive you. The Spirit leads you. The flesh will drive you in a different direction every day according to the mood you wake up in. Hello? I'll say that again. Somebody needs to hear it. The flesh, if you're, if you're, if you're carnal, you can be on your way to heaven. You have a Savior and be carnal. And be driven by compulsion and by your mind and your will and your emotions every day of your life. And it'll be a miserable existence. There's some people that don't know that you can be saved and miserable. I know you can be saved and miserable. How do I know? Because I've been there. And I've done that. If I died that night, I'd go to heaven but I'm miserable in the day. Why? Because I'm driven by compulsion, by my mind, my will, and my emotions. That, that, the, that, the, that, the, that what happens around me is driving my mood. That, 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 the thing that, that, I, that I'm living for happiness instead of joy. See, joy, happiness is a mood. The church world today has bought the idea that God wants you happy. Oh, let that settle a minute. I don't find anywhere in the book that God wants you, that, 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 that God's purpose was to make you happy. I find in the book where God's purpose it was for you to have the fruit of the Spirit in your life, which is love, joy, peace. Oh, you ain't thinking. You ain't thinking about it. Happy, happy, happy depends on my circumstances. Joy depends on Him. Paul and Silas were beaten half to death, locked in the lower dungeon in stocks. Didn't know what tomorrow hold, held. But somewhere in the darkness, along about midnight, the Bible says, that somehow, someway, while they're locked in, a, in, 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 in jail in the lower dungeon in the filth and the stench of the sewer, locked in stocks and bonds and beaten half to death, somehow they found a way to begin to bless his name. I doubt they were happy. Do you think they were happy? I think they were full of joy. 
Because see, joy, you can have joy no matter what your circumstances are. I'm talking about how we live with the idea that salvation is about eternity whenever salvation is about life. Certainly eternal life, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed on him could have what? Eternal, everlasting life. Certainly it's about eternity. But he says, I, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy, written in red, so it's Jesus, it's the word that was made flesh speaking. He says, but I am come that you might have life, salvation. But he didn't stop there. He said, I'm come that you might have life and that conjunction mean that means that there's two things being connected. So it's not, it's, not, it's not life, and he's giving you some descriptive words. Have you always read that wrong? It's not life, and then he's going to describe your life. It is life and something. Two things. Conjunctions connect two things, right? He said, I, but I am come that you might have life and life more abundantly. One's about eternity. One's about now. Oh, somebody hear me. Salvation is not that I say a prayer and I don't have to go to hell. Salvation, I talked about it Wednesday, sozo is the word, sozo. It's it's. When I began to read, I see I was studying in the book of Acts. I told you Wednesday night, every time I think I've exhausted Acts chapter 2. How many of you know Pentecostal preachers study Acts chapter 2 a lot? Dalton, you will study Acts chapter 2 a lot. And every time you think you've squeezed every drop out of Acts chapter 2, and there the squeeze brings, a new, brings another Eureka moment. So I was reading about when Peter said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. This is that. What is that? The Holy Spirit had failed in the place. It said they go carry you in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Right? Don't don't you go before you stay. Everybody understand that? Jesus the commission is going to all the world to preach the gospel. He said, but before you go, he said, go tarry. Don't you leave Jerusalem. Go tarry Jerusalem. Did he really say go don't you leave Jerusalem? Yes he did. That's the JRV. That's the Southern version. Don't you leave Jerusalem until you until but the King James Version says, go tarry you in Jerusalem until, until. What is until? Well, until means just that. Don't leave until. Until what? Well, you'll see. There was faith involved because he didn't tell them what. Until you be endued with power from on high. What's that look like? Nobody had ever been endued from power from on high. In the Old Testament, it says the Holy Spirit moved on men at times. You read about Samson over and over. It says that it's what it literally says, and, and it says that and the Spirit of God moved on Samson at times. 
Nobody was indwelled with the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit would move on David and he would play. And Saul's demons would have to leave. But he came and he went. But he said, stay until you be endued with power. But nobody knew what that looked like. What that looked like. It says, you know, they were all in one place in one accord. Brother Branko says that was the first miracle of the church that a bunch of Pentecostals all got in one frame of mind. Hadn't happened since. <laughs> They're all in one place in one, it says, and suddenly. Best I can remember, they say there was about 500 people that started out in the upper room. That over the, over the, over the, over the days that it dwindled down to about 120. Some people couldn't wait for the until. Well, it was until the ball game started or until they had to take their medicine or until, until it was bedtime or until... Y'all, that's better preaching than your amen because it's good stuff. What's until? Until. It says, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. It says, and then there was cloven tongues like as a fire that said, to each of everyone. It says, and they all, and they all, and they all, and they all, and they all. So the Bible says, and they all. It says, and they all. That's another conjunction. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all began to speak with other tongues. And they all began to speak with other tongues. It was for everybody. They all began to speak with other tongues. And the Spirit gave the utterance. And then it says that it spilled out into the streets. Well, Acts chapter 2, are you with me? And it says it was, it was such a commotion that all the people, it says they thought they were drunk. But it says, but while it was all happening, while they thought they were drunk, it says people from all over the world. It says, I can't remember where they were all from. They were from Greece and they were from uh, uh, Pamphylia and all, they were from everywhere. It says they all, heard, they all heard them speak the wonderful works of the Lord in their own language. That's what it says. It says, aren't these all Galileans? How is it that we hear, all, we hear them speak the wonderful works of the Lord in their own language? It says, they all must be drunk. How did that work? I've never seen anybody get drunk and start speaking fluently in a foreign language. Isn't it funny what, what, what gets blamed? They're all drunk. You know what I was thinking about the other day? Because there's a lot of the church world that says that, that speaking in tongues and the baptism of the Holy Ghost is of the devil. I've never, been, I've never seen a bar fight or a gang fight where everybody was speaking in tongues. Have you? Never seen a school shooting where the school shooter was speaking in tongues. Have you? I, I, I've, I've never been, I've never been to, to, to a, a hellhole bar somewhere in the back of the game room. I, I bet if you go over to the game room tonight, I bet they're not speaking in tongues. What do you bet? Shouldn't be betting, y'all. It's an expression. Talking about the game room and what do you bet? Don't do that. Think about it. Church world. The church world trying to tell people that it was of the devil. I, you know, if, I, if it was of the devil, I'd know a lot more people that had it. Just want you to think about that. He says, these are all drunk. And Peter said, he said, he said these people aren't drunk as you suppose. It's just 9 o'clock in the morning. And he didn't know it was 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> he said 
He said, but this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. He says, he said, I'll pour out. He said, in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Some new translations miss that, by the way. Can't tell you everything in five minutes, but I'm going to tell you it says that most of the time it's recorded, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. The, the, the actual, King James gets it right in Joel. And if you read it, it's actually, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. See, if he'd have poured out his spirit, it would have been. Did you hear that? If I pour, if I, if I, if I pour out something, if I'd have my water bottle, I'd just pour it out. Better not. It doesn't have to clean it up. So if I, if I poured out my bottle, you know, if I had your water bottle and I just poured it out, you know what? When I poured it out, it'd be gone, right? It didn't say, he didn't pour out his spirit on all flesh. He poured out of his spirit on all flesh. See, one's a one-time happening, boom. Poured it out, one is a continual flow. When he pours out of his spirit, he says, I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream, see visions. Your young men shall dream dreams. But my men servants and my maid servants, I'm going to pour out of my spirit in that day. And then it gets down to, you know, it gets talking about some of the things right before the coming of uh, the second advent. It talks about, I'll, I'll show signs in the heavens and in the, and, and, and the earth beneath, fire and blood and vapor smoke. All awesome. But it was that last line, I got a little squeeze again. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Woo! Saved from what? What does that even mean, shall be saved? I looked it up. I told you this Wednesday night. I told you I was going to preach it again. It was just a scratch Wednesday night. I, I, I'm giving you, I'm giving you the, the mother load today. It said, it says, whosoever it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call in that day, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. By the way, all of you that subscribe to some doctrine that God's chosen the winners and losers in advance, uh, you have to deal with whosoever. You know, there's doctrine out there that says that there's people that are the elect that are chosen to be saved. Nothing they can do. It's irresistible grace. Nothing they can do about it. They're going to get saved if God wants them saved. And if he doesn't want you to be saved, there ain't nothing you can do to get saved. That doesn't deal with whosoever. It shall come to pass in that day that whosoever, that's anybody that will, call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And by the way, he said that God is no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he'll do for another. Doesn't hold up to Scripture. But saved, what is saved? At 1147, what is saved? Because we think people, because we're, we think salvation is about eternity, when it, and, and it certainly is, but what about now? What about saved and miserable? Man, I may get a call from headquarters talks about, you can't talk about being saved and miserable. I'll talk about being saved and miserable because people do it every day. People do it every day. If they die, they're going to heaven, but they're miserable now. That's not fruit of the Spirit. What is saved? Sozo. Well, I looked up simple definitions first, and it said, Whosoever should be called upon the name of the Lord. I just plugged in the definition. Is that all right? 
Am I doing any harm to the Word of God if I just define the Word and plug it in? It shall come to pass in that day that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. I thought, what? Since this is that that was spoken about the prophet Joel, Peter, and you're quoting him, I better go see what Joel said. And Joel didn't say whosoever shall be called upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He says it shall come to pass in that day that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. That's what Joel says. Go look it up. That's what he said. Delivered. I was once in Egypt's bondage, but deliverance came to me. There's probably not two people in this room that knows what that's about. But I'm bound by sin no longer, for the Son has made me free. I am dwelling now in Canaan, now in Canaan. Jesus' blood availed for me. I am free from condemnation, for the Son has made me free. I was once a slave to Satan, and he worked his will in me. <laughs> if I paint you the picture of, of those people in Egyptian bondage, whenever they were, when they were held by Pharaoh, who was the type of the enemy, and they were in bondage to sin, which is what Egypt represents, and you know that whenever it says, it says if you'll have a lamb for your household, if you'll apply the door to the, to the doorpost and the lintel of your life, and you will come in the house, and you will shut the door, he says, I'm going to cause the angel to pass over at midnight. He said, but when I see the blood... Somebody ought to shout, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. God said there was all those plagues that, 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 that every time that there was a plague dealt, it says, and God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And we know that in Romans it said, he, that he said, I hardened Pharaoh's heart so that I could show my power in him. And he said, Moses, he said, he, he, I've hardened his heart and he's resisting. He said, but tonight, he said, when you go in to eat that dinner, he said, have your shoes on. Have your clothes on. Have your waist bound. Have everything you have. He said, and when you get ready to eat, get ready to leave. He said, because tonight, whenever I pass over the land of Egypt, he said, I am going to deliver my people with my strong right hand. He said, I'm I'm talking about what it means to get saved. I'm talking about what deliverance is. Because you know what they did in Egypt when they got delivered. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, God didn't make them happy where they was at. Oh, somebody need to hear me. God didn't make them happy where they were at and say that you're going to live with me forever, but be happy where you're at. When, they brought, when he delivered them, he brought them out. Y'all are boring people. What's wrong with y'all? He brought them out. What's wrong with us? He brought us out. Salvation is not I get to spend eternity. That's not it. It's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's eternal. That's the promise. That's, that's certainly the most important thing. But what about now? When, I got, when he saved me, he delivered me. Somebody needs to hear me. Whenever he saved us, what does that mean? It, it means he, brought, he, made, he made full restitution. Paid in full. 
It is finished. It means that it means that he paid the price for my eternal salvation. Absolutely. It means he paid the price for my broken body physically. It means he paid the price for my wounded mind emotionally. It, mean, it means that everything I needed, not in eternity for now, not in eternity for now, everything that I needed, not in eternity for right now today, that he paid the price. When I got saved, he gave me everything. When I got saved, he gave me everything. What we need to understand is what I quoted to you this morning. It says, from the time of John the Baptist until now, that the kingdom of God, heaven suffers violence and the violence take it by force. The, viol the violent do what? They take it. He's not just going to give up on you and say, well, he got saved. I'll leave him alone. Everything that he's ever stolen, take it back. Why? You couldn't take it back before because you had no power. But whenever you got saved, when you got saved, that means he delivered you. That means the things that had you bound today, that you don't have to wait till eternity to be made, to be made whole, that you can be made whole today. That means if you're bound in addiction, deliverance will come to your life by the blood of Jesus. The same blood that will keep you out of hell will break the bonds of addiction off of your life today. That means, that means if, you're, if you're strung out on meth, that he'll I've seen him do it. He will break the bondage of meth off of your life today. That means, it means if you can't quit sipping, if you can't quit puffing, if you can't quit sucking on stuff, that he will break it off of your life today. The things that are controlling you, if something's in control of you, he's not. Sir, ma'am, he'll break the bondage of pornography off of your life today. Boy, people in church don't want to talk about when it's the number one. That is the number one thing that is threatening your children and the church and going on across the spectrum. Nobody left out. That is the number one issue facing the church today, and nobody's talking about it. And I came by to tell you this morning that when you got saved, if you will realize that it's not just about eternity, that it's about now, that the same blood that saved you in eternity will break your bondages today if you'll just believe him, if you'll just go back and take See, you didn't have any power to take it before. But now you have the power to take it back. Take back control of your life because you didn't have it. He gave it to you. You didn't have the power. You couldn't do it before. But whenever he saves you, life more abundantly, life eternally, life more abundantly today, take it back Salvation is, is more, way more than I get to spend eternity with God. That's long term. And that's, the, that's the critical. Absolutely. It's important. The most important. But what about now? What about now? You know what people need to hear from the church? That God will help you now. Come on, church. People need to hear. They, need, they don't need hope tomorrow or 20 years from now or when they die. They need hope now. You need hope now. I need hope now. Now.
He'll heal your wounded soul. Now, the people walking around don't know either what they're going to do. How am I going to make it? I know I'll go home to be with the Lord, but what, how am I going to make it now? Salvation is not later. Salvation's not later. Salvation's now. And salvation is what? It's whatever you need. Because every one of us have a different need. Every one of us is bound by something different. Some people are bound by the love of money. They think they're self-made. But they've come up empty. It's why, it's why movie stars in Hollywood hang themselves in their closet and blow their brains out when they've got everything. They have everything, but they don't have anything. Because they don't have anything now. They thought, well, if I, they asked the late, crazy, eccentric billionaire Howard Hughes, how much is enough money? He said, just a little more. Just a little more. And he ran himself crazy, literally, over his compulsion for just a little more. Why do people that are headliners, that their name is known in every household in America? Because they, they need something now. We have marriages in this room, no doubt in my mind in this room, there's marriages that need, that need an intervention right now. Right now. There's no doubt in my mind. If you have, if you have, if you have 10 people in a room, it applies to somebody. I can promise you. There's people in this room that in the last few weeks you thought about ending it all just because you can't take anymore because you don't know that it's now. Salvation's not religion or prayer or membership card. Salvation is the grace of God given to undeserving men. What is grace? It's, it's God's ability to do in you what you can't do for yourself. I'm saved by grace. Say it a different way. I'm delivered by grace through faith. I'm delivered by that. I'm going to say it right so people understand it. Make sure I get it right because people parse words. I'm, I, by the grace of God, I'm delivered by the faith in Jesus. I get there. I, I receive God's grace through, through faith in Jesus Christ. It'll save me in eternity. It'll deliver me from hell. But it'll change my life and deliver me now. Church, it's now. The world needs this message now. This church needs this message now. I need this message now. There's somebody that needs to know. There, I, 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 there's people, scores of people either watching live or in this room that they think, I can't, there is, I have tried and I have tried, I can't, I, there is no way I can get out of this. And you're right. Until you realize that it was the blood that we talked about that brought salvation and salvation is about more than eternity salvation is about life and the power of God comes by his grace 
in his salvation is delivering power. We've lost 95% of the message just trying to get people to pray a prayer and keep them out of hell. When the message is, is about life now. It's a message of hope. He's a God of hope. And he's made the way where there was and is no way. And it's about now. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your atoning work at the cross. For the delivering power of your blood that I can't earn but you will, that, but, that you will freely give if I will place my faith in you, your son, what he done for me, that he took my place. I put my faith in him. That is, that is my belief and put and, and not just that I mentally believe it, that, but that I put my belief in action, that I act on it. Faith is active and faith is now. Lord, I thank you that I have an active faith in an atoning blood and they shall call and you shall call his name Jesus and he will save the world from their sin. He will save you today. Maybe you're already on your way to heaven. Father, there are people here are already on their way to heaven. If they die, they're going to go with you. But in, but in the now, they need the delivering power of the blood of Jesus that comes through the Holy Spirit. Lord, we need you today. Lord, I, pr I trust that you're moving in hearts this morning because of your word and the power of your Holy Spirit. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed in this house this morning. Every one of them, no one's looking around. If you're here this morning and you, you said, preacher, that's me. Uh, I I'm going, I'm going to heaven, but I need this, but I need it, but I need the, the delivering power, the saving power of the blood of Jesus in my life today and in, in, in my in my in, in my now. Is that you this morning? Across this place, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna make a spectacle of you, but you need to make a move of faith. You need you need to you need to make a, a move just by an uplifted hand. Is that you this morning? Yes, I see you. I see you. I see you. Is there another one? Is there another one? I see you. Yes. Is there another one? Nobody's looking around. It's just me. Is there another? I, I need, I need the deliver. There's another. I need the delivering power of God in my life, in my now. Is there another? Scores of hands have went up all across this building. Is there another? You're not alone. The enemy would have you believe you're alone. You're not alone. Young man or dad, you're not the only one in the struggle. You're not alone. Is there one more? Is there one more? Stand across this building. Stand across this building. Everybody that can and will, would you just, would you just, in your own, would you stretch your hand towards heaven if, as an act of faith? 
across this building, would you do that? Say, why do you have me lift your hands? Because all across the world and all over the world, up, an upraised hand is, is the sign of surrender. I, I give. I give up. It's a sign of praise to a heavenly Father, and it's a universal sign of surrender. Lord, I give up. Yes, all over this building. In your own way, in your own words, with your own mouth. Say, I don't know how to pray. If you know how to talk to somebody, you know how to talk to God. Just use your own words and your own words. Say, Lord, today I, I need salvation today. Not about my eternity. Maybe it is about your eternity. Listen, the Bible says if you'll confess the Lord Jesus Christ with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you'll be saved. It's not a prayer. It's a confession of faith. If that's you this morning, it's that simple. And this morning, if it may be, whatever the struggle is, whatever it is you need deliverance from, whatever it is about you need in the now, just tell him what's in your heart. and what's on. He knows, but he wants to hear it from you. And I promise you that he'll begin to walk in. Some of you, there's going to be an instant transformation. That what, that what tied you up, well, you, you're going to be instantly let go. Others of you, he's going to give you the grace day by day to, just, to, to walk out of it continually. Even if it's day by day, walk with him day by day. and He's going to set you free. Lord, I just need you today. Lord, baby, it's the, uh, it's the first time I've understood that it was more about eternity, no more than just about where I spend eternity. But you came for me to have life and life more abundantly. God, I need you today. I need you in my family today. I need you in the privacy of, of my home today. I need you in that shut-in place that nobody knows about today. I need you in the struggles that are so dark I, I, would, I, I couldn't confess it to anybody out loud for, because of the shame and embarrassment. But I can confess it to you and you will, t and you will break the bondages that, uh, that bind me today. And I, I won't lose heart that it's going to be something, church, some of you is going to set free and you'll, it'll never be an issue in your life again. Some of you is going to take the grace of God, that, that, that is, the grace is His power in you to do what you can't do for yourself, that you're going to have to continually walk out of it until you're out. We cooperate. Listen, we don't, we're not saved by works, but whenever we get saved, we cooperate with God. We begin to cooperate with God. I'm going to begin to cooperate with God, and His grace is going to be enough. Not enough grace in my life doesn't mean that He's going to cover my sin and I don't have to change. Grace means He's going to give me the power to change. I'm saved day by day. To those of us that are being saved. See, I got saved, I am saved, and I'm being saved. And it's all by the grace of God through faith. Today, somebody's life in this room, somebody's life watching by telling, multiple people's lives today are changing and have changed because, of the, because there was a son named Jesus that delivered the world from their sin. And for the first time today, you've, you've heard the fullness of the message that it's not about all about where I spend eternity, that's about how I live my life. You'll have life. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus speaking, but I am come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Today, you've started walking in abundant life. Can we give him a praise for that?
Can we lift up his name for that? Can we give him a shout for that? Because today I can walk in power. Today I can walk in power. Amen and amen. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, tell them that you love them. We'll be here tonight at 6 o'clock, Wednesday night at at 7.